this is Howard Scrumwell, and I'm talking to you from the training camps of Agile Framework Fight Night. Here, there are teams from Safe, Less, Fast, Agile, and Dad working out preparing for the upcoming fight. We are on site at Discipline Agile Deliveries Training Camp. Let's hear how the dad of doom has his team working out on their skills. It appears this will be a match of massive malevolence about how to scale Agile in stellar proportions of stupendous that you've never seen here ever Hey, can we get that guy out of here? I want to cue the podcast. Let's give this thing a listen. This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kind. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the main event, let's get ready to scale Agile. Come on, Dad. Let's go get him, Dad. Come on, Dad. You've been working really hard. You've been working out every day. You're so disciplined, Dad. Let's go, Dad. Go in the Less ring. Get him, more. Dad. Less is more. Less is more. Less Come on, is more. Mom. You get in there and you beat him to a pulp, Mom. What does your framework do to teach people to continuously improve rather than simply adopt the prescriptions of a framework? That's from Scott Ambler. So I'll go first. Since I've been going last and in the middle. Um, <laughs> at every level in SAFE, there's a retrospective. So at any point in time, if you, let's say you decide to throw on a program layer on um, your organization, in your retrospective, you could say, this layer is just causing us too much churn. Um, it's not working for us. Let's split the teams out. Um, and so that's one of the things, and it's at every layer. So at your exec layer, the program layer, and down to the team. But it also has um, in the program increments your IP sprints, so your innovative and innovation and planning. So every time you do your innovation and planning, you have successful times to talk about how do we get better, how can we improve, um, what do we like about the framework? What do we not like about the framework? Um, and you can adapt during those times. Right. Nice. Widowmaker. The question again is, what does it do to teach people to continuously improve rather than simply adopt the prescriptions of the framework? So in Fast Agile. There's one event. 
the event is called The Marketplace. The Marketplace starts with a show and tell to show off the last two-day iteration results and to talk about how those results were created, finding improvements right there, and then you go through the next parts of that Marketplace event where you're going to establish your marketplace of possible things to work on, and people will say, I want to work on that, and I need you, you, and you. Will you come work with me on this for two days? And they can say yes or no. Um, and so you're establishing that feedback loop very quickly every two days so that your stakeholders are seeing things and you're learning very quickly. And now if you have a group of 150 people, and every two days you might be working with other people. So you're cross-learning, cross-teaming, and saying, oh, I didn't know you could code that way with that tool. Now I can do that from now on. Or you can learn new skills as you go. So these things are built into that fast iteration framework and the fact that there's one meeting that involves all, if you have up to 150 people, it might be only 40, but that whole tribe is gonna meet together in the marketplace event to show off what just happened and then plan and start the next iteration. So they're all together learning and understanding what the difficulties were from each other. How long does that meeting take? <clears throat> I would suggest half a day. So for example, you could do it for Monday morning and then the next one would be Wednesday afternoon. And then Monday morning, and then Wednesday afternoon. So we actually have some similarities um, because in less the collaboration between the teams is dynamic depending on the backlog items. Uh, and so what you're doing at the individual level, less will do at the team level. There's a, there's a planning section, but um, after planning part one, the teams will identify maybe these teams are working close together, this team is working independently, this team is you know, dependent on those, and so you'll have ad hoc um, uh, collaboration of teams over the next iteration. So at a longer scale and at the team level, instead of at the individual level and every couple days, something similar happens in less. Um, one of the other things that Les does is, because uh, to the basic question, what does it do to continuous improvement? Um, by attempting to have a minimal set, we want to take the focus off the framework and onto how do we change our organization in order to make it more effective in product development. Uh, and one of those aspects there is to think about how the organization itself is going to change. Um, so we're not going to take you know our existing organization, just layer something on top of it and call it done. We're going to look at our organization and say, are we really organized in a way, you know, the teams that we have, is that really going to deliver the product that we want? And so Les has this concept of feature teams. And the ideal, the perfection vision that you're going after is we have a team that's responsible for the entire product, the, uh, the entire workflow required for that. Um, and we realize any particular organization doesn't have that ideal, that somewhere back from that, maybe, um, maybe you don't do the actual deploy in your team. That's an example of a workflow miss. And maybe you only do a major system, but there's some other piece that's not part of your team. That's an example of not quite getting to the product ideal. Um, we're trying to figure out where we are in each of those points and slowly move toward this ideal of each team being able to deliver an entire product end to end. And so we're looking at how we need to change the organization in order to get better at developing product for our uh, customers. Alright, so let me jump on them into this one. Uh, Discipline Agile come back and once again, we need to provide goals and guidance. So let's talk about a goal here. I need to go from Issaquah to here downtown. So that's my goal. 
now, do I just jump into the Ignite and drive? Well, somebody can give me some hints, some guidance. At this time, don't go this route or whatever. So that happened constantly. The context of the work is critical. Now, we have at Costco an innovation team. This team basically is in order to identify technologies that will help us. They are in a multi-million dollar project for international. Okay, so they have some goals, but the complexity is huge. So we have the goal that we want to achieve, and then when we got at that, we identify the guidance, and then we de decide, hey, we have an exploration life cycle. This will help these dynamics are happening. So that's a clear example of different life cycle with the context. And guess what? It's not prescriptive. It's actually giving me the tools that I need to basically move forward with the execution of the work that is needed. So that's where it's the biggest difference. Uh, it's not prescriptive at all. Did I say that? No, I yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. So, so, so I'm hearing from Data Doom that Dad isn't isn't uh, prescriptive. What is, what is it? What does Dad do to teach people to continuously improve? Well, it, it have uh, the continuing improvement goal. And it's actually well-defined. But one of the first things that it does is you don't have to wait for a retrospective to identify the value and things that you can improve. I don't have to wait a whole week to do that. I have a team co-located, working every single day. If they identify something that they need to improve, do it there. Don't wait. Don't tell me that I have to have these ceremonies in order to continue to improve. And that provided me those guidelines and helped me into that process. I'm just going to say one thing in defense of prescriptive. I know a lot of leaders. Widowmakers defending prescriptive. Let's do it. Yes, go. And this is the only one time, right? Because uh, oh, when, when we talk about innovation and planning with leaders, they hate it, right? So you mean you're going to take time away from my team, working on my stuff to make me money? And so I actually like the prescription of it there because it forces leaders to allow the time for that. But that will be the only time that you hear me. Actually, I'm going to join her on this one. Yeah, yeah because um, your organization may require different levels of guidance. And this is why I was saying about what kind of organization adopts this. So Les is trying to get at the minimal set. And we got a little argument with about fast of where the minimal set is. Um, but we're trying to get at the minimal set. But some people like a lot more guidance. And if you can hand them a a big photo, a picture, and say, hey, do this, um, then you've got lots of guidance. And so uh, depending on your corporate culture, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I wanted to add one other thing that Les does to help. I got like 30 seconds, I think, um, <laughs> to, to help the organization continuously improve. There's this idea of the undone department, right? So our teams don't necessarily, uh, might not meet the ideal of doing uh, everything end to end. Um, and so we uh, acknowledge that, make it visible, and have a, a group that's actually doing whatever it is that the teams can't get done. Um, but that makes it sort of visible within the organization that there's this that's not being um, 
um, um, met in our definition of done. And so that makes us a, a real uh, obvious spot for continuous improvement um, as we pull that work into the teams. Agile Grande teaches you systems thinking through dramatic storytelling, such as Carter takes a job to improve a logistics company's adaptability, but efforts to scale agile practices are being blocked by Mr. Chernesky, a vice president who's organized the company into siloed pigeonholes in order to secretly make millions with a dark web shipping service. Carter's life is in danger, he goes underground, and a spy agency hunts for him. When Carter uses systems thinking, systems modeling, and organizational change to save his company and his life, you get to learn how to apply that to your organization as well. Get your free copy of Agile Grande at leanpub.com. Next episode, the panel takes on the question from Sunil Srivastava of TDD Gurus, who asks, does your framework help an organization transition from a project organization to a product organization? 